welcome to Enlivening Musings. I'm Crystal. And I'm Katie. And today we are talking about all things belief systems related because, you know, so often we're talking about the mind-body connection and all of that stuff, all of the stuff that's trapped in our tissues and affecting our lives. And it's such a big topic for really being able to live your life fully lit up and feeling fully alive and amazing and creating it how you want to create it. So let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I think that this topic just continues to evolve for me and take on a deep, deeper meaning and different level. When I first started hearing about it, to me, Immediately, my definition was like connected to like religion Mm. because that was such a strong part of like um, who I was at that at that time in my upbringing and just like um, so belief systems to that. And it it felt um, just even the thought of challenging belief systems felt um, almost like unsafe as far as like my spirituality was considered. And um, yeah. And that scared me to rock that boat Yeah, and what that would mean. Oh, for sure. I mean, especially growing up in that type of belief system, <laughs> literally, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's very entwined. It's entwined with so many beliefs because all of your goodness and attributes and everything is related to how you're showing up in the world for you to be good and go to heaven or any of those types of things so like it that is huge it's interesting to me because I don't know (laughs) I don't know like I feel like for myself I had religious input you know but for whatever reason I feel like like that wasn't a primary thing for me Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like it I don't know it could easily fall away or I could see it for that and I could be like oh yeah there's that you know Mm. I mean I went I went to Catholic school my whole life really (laughs) I didn't even know that lots of people don't it's really funny I said that to a few people in the last month or something and they're like what (laughs) it's cool though because it just gives you a different um basis you know and like different things are like I went to a Catholic college for undergrad okay and I I love that experience at the time and looking back it I really liked it and not that and not from a sense like I'm not even really practicing Catholic right now in the traditional sense of Mm -hmm. like going to mass and like agreeing to all of the doctrines and stuff but I still really thought that was of great value to have a spiritual basis throughout my education because it it makes me who I am today and feeling safe having spirituality connected to who we are because they did a beautiful job of that and part of it I think is because I went to the University of Mary which is run by sisters um, presentation sisters and they really um you know they had oh there's like a different number of um core beliefs or something and one of them was like everything in moderation that's one that I always like is in my head and sticks with me and I think it's just so beautiful and um you know we had a female president And, you know, this was like 20 years ago. Yeah. And she recently passed away and like people adored her. I mean, she was amazing and super empowering. um, I think for all of us, especially female students going there and just feeling like there was such a feeling of safety. And like, you know, 
looking back, you know, I'm sure those sisters prayed for all of us in that community and they would teach our classes and to be able to see them interacting like as humans and they weren't just nuns and like, you know, there are a few priests and stuff, but, um, it was, it was really always such a positive experience to be in that setting. And, (laughs) And then when I went to UND for grad school, I remember it would like seep out in different ways without me knowing. And people thought I was like this super like Bible bumping, like prude. And I had no idea that was the, um, projection I was giving off and people said it, but I was so used to, you know, connecting the spirituality and like prayers or whatever into the classroom. Yeah. It just was a part of it. Um, which is cool because now I'm kind of back to doing that in my work in a way too. But, um, yeah that's a whole nother thing of how (laughs) how people perceive you versus what you are I get that a lot I'm like I told my husband like I wonder I would love to see how people perceive me because I'm in my head a lot and so I think I'm being one way and I think people are like she's really serious sometimes and he's like sometimes (laughs) (laughs) like you're serious all the time (laughs) I think that would be fascinating it would be cool if we could do um (laughs) some sort of a experiment to actually do that, to actually tap into that. It makes me think of this Robin Williams movie called Final Cut where um, you see they have like these little recorders in their heads and it records their life. So that way when they die, you get to watch this video from their life. Whoa. But there's scandalous stuff in there too right it's a kind of a depressing movie so I don't know that y'all want to watch it but you know if there was a way to extrapolate other people's visions and feelings about you would be really interesting um yeah so I don't know I spirituality I think is super super important in the whole realm and then again in my experience with it being more in grade school and high school and stuff I was the one always raising my hand, questioning the priest. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, that. how do you really think that that is true? <laughs> and how is this really possible? And what do you mean God just is? <laughs> I remember I was I was kind of probably a little bit annoying, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but I think that's cool. It was You've good. been questioning belief systems your whole life. Yeah. That's like who you are. Right. <laughs> Woo! Come to me to question it all. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's so many imprints. So looking at your own childhood, was it religious? Was it not? Um, and then you go to your parents. Your parents are your number one or whoever your caretaker was. Those are your number one imprints. And now when I say or whoever your caretaker was, it still is your relationship with your biological mother and father as well. Mm -hmm. So if you weren't with one of them, you easily could have had other belief systems already created around that Mm -hmm. when you were younger as well. And when you think about... um, like being adopted or pulled out of your family earlier for foster care or anything Mm -hmm. like this. I mean, those are just two random examples, kind of random. Um, Or what your birth was like Mm -hmm. even, you know, because when we're born, our nervous system is to match our mother's nervous system. 
Mm. So how she's feeling imprints us right off the bat. And so what happens in those first months before you get your social type network in your brain and everything starting to develop and you start to individuate more, you're very imprinted by those first experiences and that can create so many of your beliefs tied into that I've heard in so many different programs and situations that it's up to the age of four and then certain situations up to the age of six where these different belief systems are super super imprinted so you're super impressionable up to four and then again still up until six Mm. so thinking back (laughs) Pressure's on, parents. <laughs> Hope you did it right. Well, okay, okay. So, no, that's great. That's great because you're so serious. <laughs> that's you're over here laughing, making jokes. Okay, so, um, so the thing is about being a parent is we cannot, none of us, not a single person, even if you are like some sort of amazing magical saint, can actually fulfill all of those wants, needs, desires of the infant. So even if you're like the best attachment parenting, whatever, whatever type of parent, that infant is still going to have its egoic wound from you not fulfilling all of its needs Mm -hmm. and desires in that moment. And it's going to still create all of these beliefs. So ease your minds, parents. (laughs) Just do your best in any given moment because you just can't. It's like humanly impossible Mm. to be the perfect parent to have your child not have some sort of belief structures that could impact them in a quote-unquote negative way that is part of their journey. It's part of their journey. Mm-hmm. It's part of the work that they have to do to be them and right. all of it. Yeah. I was sharing a little bit off air too of how, like for me, a really profound experience in my relationship with my mom was when, um, I don't know when it came up, when I realized like she's just like a woman. She's just like me, another person. Like she's not just my mom. And that might sound simple and silly, but like the way I experienced it was so just profound. It just kind of changed everything and realizing that she's got her own issues in life and everything. Like she's just a person. Well, and do you know that that (laughs) is tied into brain development as well? That happens around age 24. Mm. Where you start to see Where that. you start to see your parents as individual human beings who are not just your parents. Well, I was much older when this happened. <laughs> yeah, well, the brain but still completely develops, you know, until 27. And so 27 is another age when that can happen. But 24 is usually the first inclination where you sit there and you realize, oh, these are these are human beings. And they're <laughs> not they're not just the role of my parents. It's. Yeah, it blew I, me away yeah. when I learned it in my yeah. <laughs> development class. And because I think so many people really like, you know, they're really good at like blaming their parents and like, like it's their job to make everything right for them. Or like, oh, my parents did this and my childhood and I'm all messed up from it. And it's like, well, exactly. We're all just human beings. I, I'm, you know, I think we all are just like, 
I can't believe I'm a parent and like doing this and figuring this out and raising humans and like, am I doing this right? And, um, yeah, like, and just being able to kind of realize that and see it from your own perspective. And it's not, that's why it's so cool that you said that it's, it's not your parents' job to meet your every need, nor is it physically, neurologically possible. It's not. And you know, there, I've seen that too, where it's like, oh, well, I had this bad childhood. I had this. Da, 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 da. So, I mean, it really ties into victimhood and the fact mm-hmm. that we have to start claiming our responsibility. And that's yeah. just a primary for our healing and growth and evolution and everything within ourselves expanding and being able to live life fully is you have to drop, you have to decide to drop the victimhood mm-hmm. and it, you know, do the work, then take your own responsibility for it. If you have to go claim your power back from those situations and start dismantling it. So I think that's also a great segue into what do we do with all these belief systems? You know, how, Mm -hmm. how do we address them? What, you know, how are they showing up? All of that type of stuff. And, you know, we talk a lot about it being in our bodies and having things with, you know, especially, with doing jade egg work or womb work or sex magic or any of that type of stuff, tapping into your sensuality, any of it, you come up against these belief systems. If you're starting to sit there and think about your erotic edge or something, and then it's like, ooh, this is something that actually my body feels pleasure with this, or this is entertaining and feels good. And, but I have... (laughs) All of these things telling me this is wrong and bad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So what do I do with that? And we talk a lot about your definitions. And so that's a great place to start. So when you come up against a belief system that's showing up in a pleasure practice or in receiving body work or in trying to make money or in your relationship, Mm -hmm. any of it. Starting with those definitions, you know, gosh, even just like I'm on a roll talking Mm -hmm. here, (laughs) Um, thinking about relationship, you know, if you have patterns showing up Mm -hmm. in your relationship, there are beliefs there, Mm -hmm. you know, like the belief of, I don't know. I said the other day. There's so many things. Like I was telling someone the other day, like, you know, it's, and it's the little things in like marriage and relationships, like your belief system is like the dishes get done every night by the husband because the wife cooks dinner and the husband does the dishes every night right after dinner and the kitchen's clean when we go to bed. That's your belief system. That's what you grew up in. That's what you're always experiencing. Well, guess what? Your partner, they're coming in. Maybe that's not theirs. Maybe the dishes get done in the morning. Maybe they get done once a week. It's There's so many little ones that is once you just even acknowledge the world of there are belief systems... Yeah. And do they still work for me? Right. Do they right. still hold true? Or can I look at it now and laugh? Like now at least I might feel myself coming up against it and going like er, about it. And I'm like, wait a minute. Let me just like pause. Let me realize like, okay, this is just my belief system on it. Okay. Can it be different? What's the benefit of me being like hard about it? And like, nope. Right. That's right. not okay. Why? Right. Right. Just get curious about it. And some of them are harder to find, Mm -hmm. you know, like I know for me working through 
anything <laughs> I'm thinking about when I was trying to even like manifest like my partner and stuff and just like going back to like the why don't I have them yet you know mm -hmm. but looking at belief systems about self-worth or belief systems about how love should show up or belief systems about I mean we can go on and mm. on about that or same thing with trying to make money you know what is it and so often it's like okay I want to look I need to change my mindset <laughs> you know and it's like yeah sure that ties in that ties into your belief systems because what is your mindset and then what is from this the, the one of the reasons this is so powerful too is because from this your energy changes so you know if you have a belief system that the only way to make a buck is to work super, super hard for it. Mm -hmm. And you're, if that's like literal, like even making a buck and you look at that as a dollar and that's like really, really hard, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, then you might want to reevaluate that and change that shift that to more of it's easy to make a few bucks or it's easy to make this, you know, and then your energy around it starts to shift. It doesn't start to feel so hard. It doesn't start to feel so like, mm -hmm. oh, I have to go to work and all of that yeah. stuff. It doesn't feel so contracted yes. because the feeling of ease is more fluid. It's more open. And so I think that's kind of a neat example of just, mm -hmm you're exploring and you're finding it. And some of them, it's going to be through your practice that you find it. It's through your personal yes. daily practice or from getting body work because there are so many that are hidden in our subconscious and our unconscious. I was talking about this with my eight-year-old last night <laughs> because she had had a bad dream. And so okay. she was going through all this. I'm just like, well, it's part of our subconscious. So you have these fears or you have this stuff, you know, it's coming up and she's like, well, how do I get to it? How do I change it? You know? And so it's similar with the belief systems. It's, you know, some of them are tucked away nice and tight mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're just running the show. And so it's through <laughs> our consciousness that in our awareness that we get to shift that. And the pattern interrupts and things like that because, mm -hmm. you know, it's what 98% of the thoughts we think each day or the actions we take are all the same. Mm -hmm. And that's all of your belief systems. Just yeah. That's been a huge flow. help for me in just my own personal relationships is like, and it's fun now because I can see myself being like, uh, inside my <laughs> brain like no don't do it don't do what you normally do <laughs> and part of it like, sometimes you feel like but I need to you know but you don't or sometimes I can see it coming like oh like when I see them I'm gonna react this certain way I'm gonna you know I gotta like have this comfort you know drudge up the stuff like the normal yeah. pattern and it's been really cool to just like give myself permission not to mm -hmm. and to just try a different way and just like see what happens like, what will happen if I don't or this? Uh, it's usually better. <laughs> you know, a lot of the belief systems, you know, I tell people they they were helpful for a while. They were something that helped you through life. They might have been something that helped you survive, something you made a promise to yourself, a vow to yourself, which I feel like vows get to be an even deeper mm -hmm. um, thing to break, which can take um, just more time. And sometimes the help of a practitioner to help you actually do some cord cutting ceremony or things like that with specific vows. But I mean, yeah, at the time, sometimes we make them 
to survive a really difficult situation. Um, and then we forget that we did and we're still living that way and we're still feeling that whole experience. And, you know, that's what I love to help people work through is like, that is not helpful for you anymore to hold that there. And even if it was like, like a belief that was really important and, um, it meant a lot. And I might've shared this before, but you know, sometimes it feels like too much for people to let it go, whether it's your physical pain or an emotional thing or the death of a loved one. And it's like, and I, I think we have talked about this, but it's like, there's a way to let like the emotion of it and the pain of it go and still honoring the experience you know, and so I'll be like, let's just like put it in a jar somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so it's like they're safe, but it's not hurting you. And I was just listening to a news show and they were saying how um, basically they're getting approval to use, um, is it M- MDMA? Mm-hmm. Like a psychedelic Ecstasy. treatment um, for PTSD. And the people uh, take the medication and they do eight hours with a psychotherapist, like three sessions. And they have like a 70% percent cure rate of PTSD. Absolutely. And that, it's incredible. And it's yeah. that same thing because they're it's it's affecting the brain, the reptilian part of the brain that if you can separate the pain and the trauma sensations from the story, mm-hmm. then it just becomes the story. Right. And you're not still living it. I don't know. It's fascinating and I think it's so cool that um, they're finding ways to help people, and it's very, very interesting. But I think you can do some of that work without <laughs> that is too. Yeah, absolutely. Because I've done it with people. Yeah. yeah, that, I mean, they they did that a long time ago, and then it got pushed underground again, which brought, you know, that back to, like, the underground drug scene and stuff. And so it's kind of cool that they are bringing it back into a clinical setting because it is so, so, so powerful how that can work. And then yes, a million times over to being able to do the work without having something um, like extra, I guess, Mm -hmm. you know, like being able to do it within your own self. PTSD, of course, is really, it can be really, really intense depending on the trauma and so, you know, working with a practitioner in any facet who mm-hmm. can hold the space for it or, you know, utilizing a therapist at the same time or anything like that is super yeah. powerful. I love I love when people come and receive body work and it helps with their anxiety and their PTSD. And then they're also doing like EMDR with yes. their therapist, but then they come and they get a Shiradara and they're like, the Shiradara is like ancient EMDR because it's a similar mm thing and it just all works so nicely together yes um and so all of our belief systems and stories and all of that can be really 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 intense to that degree and then the other stuff can be so super subtle like Mm -hmm. and it makes me think right now for some reason I don't know maybe because I had a split moment of thinking of relationship or something of again like that history and how we're impacted by things and you think about being impacted by so we're impacted by our parents first and foremost caregivers and then you know the next circle out is like our schools and you know daycares and things you know and then you go into bigger circle you know your city and state and all of that type of stuff and the circle just keeps getting bigger right until it's 
basically the whole world and universe. Um, but I think about movements, you know, so I think about like the feminist movement and how it brought such amazing, amazing changes and did all these really cool things and tied into it. There also are people who have like a lot of like man hating and stuff. Mm -hmm. So looking at some of those movements that have been through your life can help you uncover some of your other beliefs too, because now do you think all men suck because da, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, because that movement was part of your generational development yeah. or, you know, where are you at with any of those types of things? Because all of that type of stuff really impacts us. And this gets me really back into some of our sovereignty too, and doing like our own discernment now, because then thinking of current waves and current things that are going on, like how much are you being influenced Mm -hmm. by things just in your everyday reality? Are your belief systems changing super quick because you're just bouncing between, oh, this person said this. Now I believe that. Now this person said this. Now I believe that. Now this person said this. So I believe that, Mm -hmm. you know, so really coming into your own sovereignty and your own body it's gonna help you not only discover your own beliefs but also make you a little bit more impervious impervious the right word um to being so mimetically driven or a sponge for all of the external coming into you <laughs> I feel like I need to do a whole episode about that <laughs> well I think we're gonna talk we might talk about that a little bit next time when we talk about creating a safe space Okay, yeah. And how to right. <laughs> kind of um, do some tangible things to um, protect yourself spiritually, energetically as you go about your day or in your space, um, you know, whether you're a practitioner yourself or um, just working with people or other human beings, which pretty much all of house. us do or within your own home. So I think we will talk about that because, yeah, yeah. I think... That's really true. And especially in this day and age, I noticed that in myself recently um, that I just had to like turn off all the social media stuff for like a week or so because I was like, it was just too much information. And I was like, had this moment where I thought I need to figure out who I am and what I believe because I could feel myself like starting to just like regurgitate what I was hearing other people say. And you know, when you hear people like, especially now, like I almost laugh because I can tell people's belief systems by the phrasing they use and the words they use and it's like kind of hilarious to me because I'm just like okay not I'm not sorry I am judging you because I know like I can just (laughs) tell based on the verbiage that's happening in different groups of people it's kind of funny right it's go ahead that's how we got there and it was really nice for me because it did give me a chance to come back into my own and deepen some of my own practices and the interesting thing when I came back onto social media and stuff the algorithm had totally changed oh neat so you know I'm like if anyone's just getting like oh I can't take it anymore but they still like to engage in some of these when connect with people even if you take a break for like a week or two the bots and AI know that oh she didn't like something. She stopped coming on. Let me, let me switch it up. And then it became, and now I'm like getting all these like inspirational posts come through and like different stuff and different people coming up on the feed. So it's, I mean, that whole AI world of bots and mind (laughs) control that's happening. I mean, I feel like even as someone who's aware of that's how it works, it's still crazy and manipulative. And there's a lot of people that don't even realize like 
that all the AI on social media is so beyond any human control right now. It's like its own monster mind of its own. Yeah. And there's no turning back. And so we really have to wake up. I mean, I that, know that. <laughs> that's where I really want to go when I talk about the mimetic desire to end. This is also one reason why I've created my own app. <laughs> I'm going to take it. You're going to listen to my plug quick. Yes. Because yes. I created my own app. So that way you, the social network, there aren't any bots and things like that in this land. It's a land free of all of that. And <laughs> you get to just have pleasure in your life as the focus and your sovereignty and your embodiment and connection with other people who are in that same zone of wanting to do all of that. So as of the date of this recording, it's not out in the app stores yet, but it will just be called Pleasure Fairy. And right now you could still technically go to crystalpleasurefairy.com and sign up. Um, so it's free groups. I have a free men's group and a free women's group. I'm not putting the content on there yet because I'm still building it again at the time of this recording. Um, but if it's in the app stores, then you know that there's fresh, new, amazing content in it because that's where all my attention and energy goes is to putting up awesome stuff to keep you focused on that. And all of that really helps with your belief systems because you're going to see Oh, she asked me, what does pleasure mean to me? That evokes dot, dot, dot feelings. So what belief systems do I have around that? So it's really, really powerful and, and simple at the same time. And then again, like I said, your focus can be just on that and you won't be bombarded by other ads and things and all of that stuff. And there's a group to chat with other people who are just like you. Yeah, that's so great. I just think of everyone today can just start to get curious about belief systems and what they are. Um, you know, that's the practice and it starts to unfold and some can be really funny and silly that come up and some can be a little bit deeper, but it's, it's a really fun experience to start challenging them and, um, working with them. Yeah. And watch the magic unfold in your life then. Totally. Awesome. Enjoy your day every day. Bye. Thanks for musing about with us. If you loved all of that and you want more, you can find Crystal stuff at aliveness.academy or enhanceutv.com. You can also snag up her app, Pleasure Fairy. It's in the Google Play Store already and should be in Apple App Store soon. For Katie, you can find her at wellnesswithkatie.com. Enjoy. <laughs>